T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Jacob Albrocht. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in, everybody. It is Sports Daily. It is a Thursday, and we are jam-packed today on this Thursday of the program. We've got Tim Fitzgerald joining us a little bit earlier. He'll actually be with us next segment to talk K-State, our K-State insider of GoPowerCat.com. We'll have our betting insider, Chelsea Messenger, on with us in this hour as well. Your calls to the IHOP hotline, 869-1240, which is, of course, brought to you by IHOP, where guests can enjoy the new strawberry cheesecake waffle, a golden brown Belgian waffle topped with creamy cheesecake mousse and fresh strawberries. Uh, Glad to be here with you. We've got Thursday night football. We've got both the NLCS and ALCS continuing. I hate baseball today uh, because the Rangers lost to the Astros last night. Uh, We'll get into that here off the top a little bit. We'll get you ready and begin to get you ready for that Chiefs-Chargers game this weekend. All kinds of good stuff coming for you. We've got hockey and HTO giveaways. Tommy, how are you? I'm doing okay. You're hanging in there. I feel bad for Ah, you. I hate baseball. Been thinking about you for the last few hours. I know that was a... It was a rough game. You know, the Rangers did make it a game, though, right? Like They did. It was a blowout for a while, and then they started coming back. let's, Let's go there. So... I anticipated this possibility with Max Scherzer coming back. I thought he would have a shorter leash. I wish he would have. I thought he should have been yanked after three runs. He clearly didn't have it. And I know he was wanting to battle and get in there, but they can't afford that. And then I thought that, you know, they made a couple of bullpen decisions late that I that I wasn't totally comfortable with. Bruce Bochy has been a master this postseason up until this game with his pitching decisions. Here's the thing, and... I am scared to death of this series, up 2-1. It was so critical for the Rangers to get up 2-0 because there was a high likelihood of what happened last night happening, right? That one, Houston's offense wakes up. Two, that Scherzer, after injury, first time he's pitching, has some struggles. Like, everything that happened last night, and by the way, Houston is a much better, for whatever reason, road playoff team than they are at home. All of those things made last night pretty likely so it happened 
And now how do they bounce back? And this becomes a pretty critical game, I think, for the Rangers. Um, because you got to – then now you're talking about going back up against Verlander again. They'll go Andrew Heaney tonight, it looks like, and the Astros are throwing a guy who struggled a little bit. So uh, I, I think things would still favor the Rangers in the series. But I, you don't – I mean, we've all seen this song and dance with Houston before. You can't let them stay alive. They've got the ability offensively just to – just to pile on real quick and in a hurry, and the Rangers have a terrible bullpen. I mean, that's the reality of this thing. Can you go so far to say that game number four is a must-win game for the Rangers? I mean, if the series gets evened up at two games apiece, I mean, that's vastly different than the Rangers going up three games to one. Sure it is. Here's why I wouldn't say that. I, I don't think there's any outcome in this series that will be all right, it's over until one of the teams win four games because the Rangers are so streaky. And the one thing that does give you some hope for the Rangers last night is it wasn't a game where they didn't score any runs. Like, they just went totally blank. No, they kept in it and and gave you hope that, okay, the offense isn't going to go through one of those stretches that it's gone through this year. And the other thing is Jordan Montgomery and, and Nathan Evaldi have been nails, you know, 80% of the time this postseason. They're both going to pitch again in this series you know, at least one time. So that also makes you think, okay, even if it goes 2-2, you've still got those two, right? No matter what happens here, the Rangers will have those two to pitch again. And so that gives you hope. No matter, even if they're down 3-2, you'd still have those two to pitch again. So, and I think that goes both ways, by the way. If you're Houston, no matter what it is, you feel good because you know that you're going to get Verlander again. And probably based on last night, you would see a second dose of Christian Javier. So, you know, I think both teams, I think it's just going to have to play itself out. I thought this was going to be a long series the whole way through. I mean, I certainly like the Rangers' chances more if they go up 3-1 than 2-2. That's just math, but it's a big one tonight. It is. I, I, I do not want Houston to catch momentum here. It's going to be really interesting also if the Rangers can pull off the series, get to the World Series. How in the world they handle Max Scherzer? Do you trust him enough to put him out there in the World Series after what we saw in Game 3 last night? So the mistake I thought they made last night was not going to Max Scherzer in Game 3. I had no issue with that, and they had the flexibility to do it, but he should have had a shorter leash. They have three starters, Dane Dunning, uh, Heaney, who you'll see tonight, and John Gray, who you saw a bit of last night. Actually, they have four, and Martin Perez. They have all the ability in the world— to put him on a short leash. So, yeah, let's see if he can ramp up to the point where he can go in the World Series. I've got no problem with that. They should have just not let him get knocked around for five runs last night. They should have pulled him after three, and then, you know, it doesn't feel as daunting all the way back through. But we'll see. That was that was probably, you know, outside of Verlander, the last Astros pitcher I'd want to see. So now the Rangers offense just needs to come back and help out, and I'll just be a hot mess, and we'll talk to Chelsea Messenger about it in a little bit and see if there's any betting angles on it. But... Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna survive this series, Tommy. Uh, I'm not emotionally. It's just. It's too much to bear. Woe is me, right? Royals fans are like, <laughs> feel bad for get, you, man. Get out of here. Like nobody wants to hear that. But it, just bear with me for a second. All right, we'll talk some K-State football. What in the world do we do at quarterback? Tim Fitzgerald, K-State insider from GoPowerCat.com, joins us next on Sports Daily.
All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily. Jad's tracking down Tim for us. Glad to be here. By the way, it's Thursday Night Football. Primetime NFL games from Westwood One available live for free right here on KFH and on the Odyssey app. You can tune in tonight for Thursday Night Football. Jacksonville, New Orleans on KFH or simply download the Odyssey app and search for KFH at kickoff. Pre-game coverage there begins at 6.30. Looking forward to that one. I think it'll be a pretty good Thursday night football game. Uh, a couple of notes here for the Chiefs, Tommy, while we get fixed connected. Mecole Hardman is coming back, and probably, it sounds like Frank Clark, there's a high likelihood. He, I believe, is getting a physical in Kansas City Friday, tomorrow. Uh, but for sure, we know that McCole Hardman is back. And, you know, look, I don't think McCole Hardman's going to come in and all of a sudden do more than he did before. You know, he was he, he left for the Jets in the first place. But what I think he can do is provide a little depth for Justin Watson being out and give the Chiefs maybe a punt returner that they can count on a little bit here. So I, th- I think a couple of things that he can help. I mean, it, was, it cost them nothing. They basically swapped a, a sixth-round pick for a seventh-round pick. Uh, but, you know, experience in the room is probably a good thing. Yeah, I remember Dave Tobe saying, as far as punt returning was concerned, that uh, the closest player that he can compare to McCole Hardman was Devin Hester. And we don't know how great Devin Hester was as a returner. So Dave Tobe, the special teams coach for the Chiefs, has always thought highly of Hardman uh, as a punt returner. So that, you know, definitely, I think, will be a piece of his role in Kansas City. And, you know, the depth part, I get it. Uh, the trust factor with Mahomes, I get it. It's all right there. I think that more than anything, the trade for McCole Hardman and then, you know, potentially a signing of Frank Clark that tells you all you need to know about the, what the Chiefs are wanting to do or planning to do with the trade deadline, which is absolutely nothing. Like I think that it's after this, I think they're probably done. They're not going to go out and try to make another high-profile trade for a wide receiver. They, they have made their, their bed with McCole Hardman and the current wide receivers they have. So I don't anticipate seeing really any more moves before the trade deadline. Yeah, I, I don't either because I don't think they have a lot of financial – flexibility and capability to do that either but it is good to see you know them not satisfied you know maybe that sends a message to the other guys I I don't I don't want to overthink it and say well this is a move that you know they made because they don't have any confidence in the young receivers that they have I don't think that's the case I think it was an opportunity to get a guy who's familiar with the system help them on special teams and provide depth and the depth probably matters more than it ever has because we know that they are, you know, dependent on all of these guys in small amounts. Isn't it a little bit strange, too, that uh, Hardman is kind of like if we had to compare him and think about roles, it's sort of what Kadarius Tony is doing. Right. And like Tony has been just a non factor at all. And which is just remarkable considering the expectation for him coming in. Like he has been nothing. Yeah. And I know that historically in the time that McCole Hardman played for Kansas City, they drew up, you know, some design plays for him, some special packages, things like that. Jet sweeps. I know he was, you know, did that quite a bit. Um, You know, I would imagine I saw somebody. post on social media after the trade was completed that uh, that now we know 
basically exactly what Andy Reid is going to want to do on every fourth and short opportunity that's there, and that's run a jet sweep with McCole Hardman. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen every single time, but, man, he loves giving him the ball on jet sweeps, at least he has historically. And, and so it wouldn't surprise me if we start to see a lot more of those uh, play calls and, and the play design come into play with McCole Hardman back on the roster. Yeah, it um it, I, I don't again, I don't I don't know if he's gonna be a big part of the offense. Maybe he will be. I just like what I don't what I don't want to do is get like everybody get overexcited. Like if even if McCole Hardman is what he was before he left, it does it's not a massive role, right? Like he's not gonna be more than he was before he left. They waited for him to become more than that for three or four years. It never happened. So I don't think it's gonna happen now and the Jets could find no use for him. So Let's just. But you know uh, what? I mean, I think that there's a little bit of revisionist history going on here a little bit because last season, before he got injured, he was pretty productive for the Chiefs. Like, and I, you know, I know that that injury kept him out a good portion of the games and, you know, throughout the playoffs, he was back for the Super Bowl in a limited role last year. But before he went down with that injury, you know, they were building his role up uh, in that Chiefs offense. And, you know, so I don't know if. I don't know what the issue was with the Jets. I don't know if his skill set didn't fit or exactly what was going on there, but I think that he'll be able to come in and, you know, he's not going to light the world on fire, but he can absolutely serve, I think, a fairly valuable role for this team, you know, moving forward. In 2021, his best year with the Chiefs, he had just under 700 yards, uh, 60 catches, and a couple of touchdowns. So we'll see, but that move has been made. All right, now, as we've figured out our phone issue, uh, we switch gears. Let's talk a little K-State football. Here's our K-State insider, Tim Fitzgerald. He's got all the insight on what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider, Tim Fitzgerald. All right, and we welcome in Fitz here. GoPowerCat.com, at Life of Fitz on social media, joining us a little earlier than normal. Fitz, let's jump right into it. If Tim Fitzgerald gets to make the decision at quarterback, what is the decision that you would make? Oh, I get to make the decision. I, I'm the starting quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> probably, I'd probably be the conservative old man and go with Will Howard and do basically the same thing I did at Texas Tech. Which, And I think that's what Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein are going to do. They're going to continue to explore this two-quarterback situation while they're at home. Um, and you know what? I... You need kind of more proof of life, maybe with Avery, to to make sure he can replicate this when defenses start changing how they approach him, and um, and you know try to bring him on gently instead of throwing him in the pool. I I think Will Howard probably starts these next two games for sure at home. Tim, I at its surface, I don't have much of an issue with them exploring the possibility of going potentially back and forth between Will and Avery and all of that. But I do also wonder, you know, if you get into it, I mean, there are so many different factors that come into ultimately the most important position on the field at the quarterback position where, you know, you've, there's a confidence factor with the other players, not only just the playbook, but just the way that that person leads the offense. Knowing all of that, I mean, is there any kind of risk with the team bouncing back and forth between two quarterbacks when, you know, I think maybe conventional wisdom would say commit to one and move forward? Um, yeah, of course there's a risk. Um, you know, I always come back to the old adage, you got to get your best athletes on the field. 
Uh, so trying to find a way to include Avery is makes sense from that that respect. Both both quarterbacks are respected by their teammates. There's no division about this. That's that's quite what often what happens is you get sides. Well, I want this guy and this guy. It's not happening at all at Kansas State. In fact, they they are supportive of both. But you know the the odd thing here, the you know, notable thing is that last year. Adrian Martinez goes out with injury. They put in Will Howard, who seems to bring a better tempo and rhythm. The offense seems to move better. One year later, all of a sudden, Will Howard's offense is the one that doesn't seem to have the tempo and rhythm, and they bring in Avery Johnson, and it takes off. So it's it's very interesting to me how this the roles are reversed for Will Howard. But I still think he's got some great football uh, ahead of him, and I won't be surprised if he comes out Saturday and has – you know, a big Will Howard game. We'll see how it all plays out. But uh, I think no matter what, they need to figure out how to use Avery, um, whether it's as quarterback or out on the field with Will Howard so they can, you know, build some things off of the two-quarterback system, much like KU has done at times. Well, look, I mean, I think they deserve credit. In the Oklahoma State game, when Oklahoma State was giving up the run to the quarterback, they let Will Howard do that. They probably shouldn't have. Texas Tech defended them the same way. They adjusted. They let Every Johnson tear them apart in that role. I think that it is an opportunity here where you can simply see what the defense is doing. If they're playing up in the box to stop Avery Johnson, you can have Will Howard push the ball down the field. If they do the opposite and they keep, you know, allowing quarterbacks to run, you just slide Avery Johnson in there. So I I think it's an advantage for now because the opposing defense is going to have such a hard time game planning for them. But at some point on the, on the flip side of that too, Tim, we do need to see Avery push it downfield a little bit. Let's see if he's got that in the bag of tricks. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's what they need to find out this week with TCU and next uh, Saturday morning with Houston. Can Avery expand his, you know, playmaking ability into the deep passing game because he, he did that a little bit in the SEMO game, but it was kind of mop-up duty. Let's see it against a TCU defense that's known to be, you know, pretty good. Um, I'm I'm actually kind of excited to see how they balance this, use the two guys, <clears throat> what what keeps someone on the field, what keeps someone off the field, and and because uh, this is going to be an exciting process. But there's no denying Avery Johnson is electric. Um, and he just needs some more playing time. And I wish they honestly had started from the Missouri game on, trying to find him playing time. He should have played against UCF. He didn't. He should have played against Oklahoma State. He didn't. Um, they put him out there against Texas Tech, and he, he just lights it up. So uh, we'll see what it looks like on Saturday. We talked about it last week, Fitz, about the importance of, uh, you know, in back-to-back road games and after you go to Stillwater and you lose, how important it is to follow that up with a a great showing in Lubbock. And that's exactly what the Wildcats did. They still control their own destiny. Uh, I mean, I think that from a culture standpoint and all of that, we know, and Chris Kleiman mentioned it after they lost to Missouri about not letting Mizzou beat them twice, probably the same adage after the Oklahoma state game. So now that the momentum has swung back on the side of the Wildcats, do you feel like there's, you know, that's move. They're moving more in a positive direction after that disappointing loss in Stillwater. Well, I got to tell you, every week in this conference is self-contained. Um, you, you really don't know what you're going to get when you connect two different teams together. If you're going to get, um, you know, 
exciting performance from the team that has been awful or vice versa. It, at least, you know, Oklahoma State resurrects itself. TCU and Kansas State looked awful two weeks ago, and boom, they had great games. Um, so, yeah, you have to go out each game and, and be absolutely ready for whatever comes along because you don't know how how the opponent's going to react to you uh, and match up with you exactly in game time, real time. Um, so, yeah, just go out there and, and do your thing and, and hope it's enough to get on to the next week where you got to do it again. It's conference is brutal. Uh, let's Let's be real about the prospects in this season. I think Avery Johnson gives a, a renewed excitement, certainly after last week. They do control their own destiny to get into the Big 12 championship game. Is this defense, though, good enough for them to be able to do that? It's a valid point. Jacob. It really is because uh, the, the injuries are beginning to really chip away at this defense. And, you know, trying to get more guys out there healthy would be great. But, you know, you're already down to a true freshman middle linebacker in Austin Romaine, and now he's playing with a broken hand or broken wrist that was suffered in his, you know, first start at Oklahoma State. So uh, they're pretty beat up in the middle of that defense. And then, you know, you get out to corner and they're trying to get their guys back. So uh, it's, it's kind of a mess right now on that defense side of the ball. But, uh, they're going to have to get better pressure with just their front guys. It was an epic failure at Oklahoma State. They tried to drop back in coverage and get some pass rush. They got almost none. Uh, and they're going to have to find a way to generate more of a pressure on what we expect to be a freshman quarterback for TCU. Yeah, the, this TCU team is really interesting. You know, they've uh, kind of went through their growing pains early on in the season. Everybody knows the way they kicked off the season with the loss to Colorado. But they've kind of found their way a little bit as of late, uh, a fairly decisive win against BYU last weekend. You mentioned the the young quarterback that TCU has. What are what do they do well, and what are some areas that the Wildcats can uh, look to exploit this weekend? Well, uh, TCU's kind of been a little bit hit and miss. One of the things they haven't given up a lot of um, in recent history is quarterback runs, so that's intriguing. I think Iowa State had some success with it maybe, but um, you're going to have to explore what actually works. I think getting the ball downfield is probably the better idea, um, you know, in terms of just raw schematics, not athletic play, playmaking ability. Uh, so this really is a great test for Avery. I mean, this defense is is the most adept, I think, maybe on the K-State schedule, at least in the near future, of, of stopping him. Uh, they're kind of designed to do that. So if he can operate against TCU, which is traditionally a very good and physical defense, then I, I think we're going to see some exciting things for him going forward because you can't keep him off the field at that point. Fitz, let's let's look around the league a little bit. It's sort of flipped upside down as to what we thought it would be. Are are, are we? Do you still? I mean, is it the same? You know, characters here that you thought it would be in the beginning. Has anybody else you think moved into that spot? Is Iowa State for real at all? Uh, Oklahoma State is heating up to some degree. West Virginia, like the the three teams we probably thought would be at the bottom of the old Big Twelve: Iowa State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. All of a sudden, are all you know in the scenario where they sort of control their own destiny. It's been crazy how how they got here is kind of amazing to me that they 
we've got so many teams that we expected or were down, like Iowa State, TCU, and Oklahoma State, and all of a sudden they're all playing better football. Um, it's absolutely this conference is insane. I, I I don't know how many coaches are reinventing their teams as the process goes, but we're seeing it. Um, you know, we thought this would be a an easy win for K State, and then they you know go out and do what we've seen over the last two weeks with K-State and TCU, and you get a little more confused about the matchup. Look, we all expect them to beat Houston in a week, but what if they actually play Texas competitively, even though the line is like 23.5 points? So, uh, you know, that's the beauty of college football. You you can just start playing better. Um, And we're going to find out a little bit about Oklahoma State when they go to West Virginia this weekend. So um, it's, it's an entertaining brand of football. There's no doubt about it. All right, we come up. It's another night game Saturday. Fitz, what do you guys have coming up for us at GoPowerCat.com? Well, we just released our pregame podcast, and we tried doing it in three segments this week on YouTube. If you listen on the audio version, you'll just hear the one-hour-long show, but we chopped this up into like three 20-minute-ish segments on YouTube. So you can go check that out. My daily delivery's up. We've got our game preview stuff rolling out all day long. Um, at Go Power Cat, including our uh, edge that is the you know, nuts and bolts preview of how the two teams match up. That should be up on the site now. There's a lot of stuff going. We had, I think, 10 stories on Monday and uh, 10 stories on Wednesday at the site. So you got to keep following along because we're moving a lot of information across. All right. Tim Fitzgerald, publisher, gopowercat.com. You can follow him on social media at Life of Fitz. Uh, enjoy the game this weekend and buckle up. It may be Avery Johnson season. We'll see how it plays out, Fitz. Uh, be good. We'll talk to you again yep. next week. Thank you, boys. There goes Tim Fitzgerald. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will bring in our betting insider, Chelsea Messenger, for her weekly visit. What do we think about some of the lines this weekend? College, NFL, uh, maybe some uh, playoff baseball to look into tonight. We'll get into all of it with Chelsea next. And 1240 KFH. Oh, okay, take it easy. We're going on the air. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Glad to be with you on the program today. Joining us now, our betting insider, Chelsea Messenger. The line is the host of the Daily Tip and Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Chelsea Messenger. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all of the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to check out the Daily Tip podcast for more of Chelsea Messenger analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcasts. All right, and we welcome in Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, how are you this morning? Hey, doing well. We're about to be in the sports equinox where we have football, we have postseason baseball, basketball's coming up. I'm seeing preseason uh, NBA on my timeline. So it feels like the best time of year for sports. It's right there. I, I'm with you. We've got a ton of football to talk about, but we have both championship series with games today. Let's start there. 
I'm I'm on an emotional roller coaster right now with my Rangers. But from a betting perspective here, Chelsea, two games today. Is there anything we need to be paying attention to from a betting perspective with these two today? Uh, I'll tell you that nine and a half and Rangers Astros, both starting pitchers have, you know, around a five ERA today. Maybe the over there is a play. What have you got on your plate? I don't have anything official in that Rangers and Astros game just because I feel like Andrew Heaney is a very volatile starter. He's either going to strike out like 12 and be amazing or give up like a seven spot. Just feels like he's a volatile pitcher that I don't really want to bet on. Uh, But I would agree with you. I think you would dump it down to nine and lay a little bit more juice just in case, uh, you know, you get a push if it lands on nine and still hit the over. Last night, if you were watching that game, it felt like even the balls that were out were fly out to the warning track. So both teams really seeing the ball well, and it's not going to get lower scoring, I think, as we get to uh, the starters who are further down the rotation. And also, once you start seeing the same relievers over and over and over again. So I would really rely uh, more heavily on the hitters here, but I think the better play is probably in the Phillies and Diamondbacks game. I'm going to go with an outs prop for Ranger Suarez. He's the starter for the Phillies tonight against the Diamondbacks. Outs props, which means how long a pitcher is going to pitch in a game, are very situational based on the postseason, uh, really based on the urgency. The Phillies don't have a ton of urgency right now. Two-game series lead, seven-game series, and also they've got three games in a row here and a bullpen game on deck in game four. So do they really want to burn a bunch of relievers in this game? Probably not. Also, Ranger Suarez is expected to go deeper in this game. They've even said that as much. The manager has talked about it. And also, Ranger Suarez has been great in the postseason. He's already thrown eight and two-thirds innings of one-run ball against a potent Braves lineup, and in his career, a perfect 3-0 and with a 116 ERA. So I will go with Ranger Suarez over his outs prop of 14-and-a-half. That means he needs to pitch at least five innings. I think he can do it. You know, the Phillies are just absolutely on fire, and I, I hate saying that. I can't stand the Phillies. I'm not a Phillies guy at all, but they have, I mean, they played lights out. The Diamondbacks are in a big-time hole right now, even though they're back at home uh, for the game this afternoon. I almost feel like, and I know that player props, you know, can be dangerous depending on which direction you want to go, but I almost feel like, you know, maybe a lock is Kyle Schwarber to hit another home run. I mean, this guy has been on fire this series and, and even before and looking at the odds, I mean, he's plus 240 to hit a home run. Uh, he's plus 500 to hit the first home run of the game. Is that something that you feel like with knowing how automatic he's been lately, that that could be a decent player prop? I don't think those odds are long enough for a home run. The fact that the books have caught on plus 240 to hit a home run is wild to me. Uh, I think yeah. there are better plays in this game. I think you're right. Like one of the bash brothers is going to hit a home run, whether it's, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Nick Castellanos, like they have so many good home run hitters that I think if you trust their offense, maybe you just take them on the money line. Uh, They're only minus 135 to win the game. They've got the better bullpen, uh, a bullpen ERA under two. And plus, I don't see that lineup going cold just because they go on the road. I think that is the main complaint for taking the Phillies today, just because, you know, Phillies playing at home, absolute wagon. Now they have to go to the desert, but do we really see Bryce Harper and all of those guys just immediately turning back into pumpkins just because they go on the road? I don't think so. These are veteran players. So I think, uh, yes, Kyle Schwarber, there's a good chance that he hits a home run, but I just think at those odds, it's not really worth it to me. 
All right, we've got Thursday night football here. Chelsea Messenger, our betting insider, joining us. Jags, Saints, I think this should be a pretty good game. Um, how are we attacking this one? The Jags have been red hot. The Saints have been okay defensively. Derek Carr may be grooving here. They get Kamara back. What are you looking at tonight? It's hard to tell because we don't know what's going on with Trevor Lawrence. He's questionable. It sounds like he's yeah. probably going to play. But until I know for sure, it feels like I probably shouldn't make a play uh, on a side in this game. But I do think there is a good prop here. I'm going to go Alvin Kamara over his receiving prop of 30 and a half for minus 115. Uh, from the jump, the matchup on paper, playing a receiving prop for whoever the running back is that the Jags are facing. Jacksonville has given up the third most receptions to opposing running backs in the NFL. Uh, they have a good defensive line. They're relatively tough against the run. So we see a lot of the short, dumpy passes to the running back. And added bonus, the Saints have a really good pass-catching running back in Alvin Kamara. So the number a bit high at 30 and a half, but he's hit this in two of three games, and he's getting a large amount of opportunity in this offense. Eight targets last game and 14 targets against the Bucks for receiving. That is a wildly high number for a receiver. The fact that this is also a short week, less time to prepare, makes me usually think that teams rely more heavily on those running backs if they can. So I would play uh, either that or his rushing plus receiving. We saw a similar back in Bajan Robinson combined for 137 rushing and receiving when he played the Jags. Uh, but again, Jacksonville pretty solid against the run. So maybe I'll just go receiving. Let's do that. Alvin Kamara over 30 and a half receiving yards for minus 115. Chelsea, another game on the slate for Sunday. It is just wild to me that the Detroit Lions are three-point road underdogs against the Ravens. And I understand that the Ravens are at home. Obviously, you get that kind of home field advantage uh, tick up in the line. And I know that they looked good a week ago. But, man, the Lions have been on fire, and they're on the road as underdogs. What do you think about this game? It seems like a trap, does it not? When you saw this line, you yeah. thought to yourself, okay, what, what am I missing here? Because you're exactly right. It feels like a team that should not be getting three points um, because they've played so well this year. Their defense has been much better this year. Jared Goff is playing at a very high level for a quarterback that most people have deemed as a guy that's only driving the car for the offense. Uh, but I think what you do here is you take the two good teams that are getting points this week and you put them in a teaser. So for Detroit, it means you get them at plus nine against the Ravens. And then the other game that kind of looks trappy, but I'll take the extra points, the Dolphins going against the Eagles. The Dolphins are getting two and a half. So in a teaser, the Dolphins would be getting eight and a half points here. I think that offense can at least keep it close with the Eagles, who have looked far from dominant this year. I think that's how you play it. Those two trap games, maybe if you have a little extra wiggle room, you can win your bet. So we'll do a two-team teaser. We'll, do, we'll go Detroit plus nine on the road of the Ravens and the Dolphins plus eight and a half on the road at Philly. I, I, I just started messing with teasers two weeks ago. Uh, and I, I always wonder, like, with the odds on those, because I, I think it was maybe like five teams with a teaser to get to the same as three teams without a teaser on a parlay. I don't remember. I don't know if that's exactly right. But, like, what is what is less of a sucker thing to do? Because I'm a pretty big sucker on this stuff. Is the bigger sucker bet to just go a normal parlay of, like, three teams or to tease, like, a five team to get to the same place? Well, I don't think I normally do teasers that big, but there is some uh, there are some numbers behind teasers 
and showing that they can be long-term successful if you are applying them correctly. Because here's the thing about the NFL. Usually the lines are pretty sharp when it comes to the spread. So if you are playing a number, these are called Wong teasers. If you want to look it up, you can. But what they are is you are trying to go through as many key numbers as possible. So over time, these have been the ones that have been the most successful. If you take an underdog of plus one and a half to plus two and a half, and you go through the key numbers of three, six, and seven, or you can take a favorite of minus eight and a half down to minus seven and a half, and you go the other way, uh, and you get that team, you know, at only minus one and a half or only minus two and a half. Those are the teasers that have been the most successful, historically speaking. So I don't know how many teams you want to throw in your teaser, but that's kind of why I'm choosing these teams at a certain spread, because you want to go through as many key numbers as possible. That is your number one thing in teasers to remember. Chelsea, on Sunday, the Chiefs are back at home at Arrowhead with a divisional matchup against the Chargers. The Chargers played Monday Night Football against the Cowboys, and I have to ask, when you when you're you got a team like the Chargers that it's been in the headlines and everybody talks about it week in and week out about some of these decisions that Brandon Staley makes, does it make it more difficult to bet a team like the Chargers when you've got a coach that sometimes will make wild decisions that can ultimately impact the spread or whatever picks you make? Yeah, uh, I think if the Chargers are under a field goal, like you're not taking them on a, either yep. side, even if they're getting points uh, and especially if they're laying points. But these type of teams, if they are getting more than a field goal, I think are a hold your nose type of play and say, OK, well, the Chargers are getting five and a half against a team that they have covered the number against in five of their last six. You've got to remember, this is a divisional game. I feel like I probably don't have to tell you guys this. You probably know that a lot of these games have been very close for the Chiefs going against the Chargers, but it feels like a hold-your-nose type of play, taking the Chargers this week plus five-and-a-half. I think the most telling thing is the fact that this opened at five-and-a-half, and I feel like the public would be all over Kansas City, and this number has not budged. So it feels a little, you know, tough to take the Chargers, but I feel like that probably is the play, at least based on the trends. Yeah, that I mean, that game is – fascinating i think but I, I i don't even know i don't know what to do with it the chiefs have been covering numbers for you know the last couple of weeks which is out of the ordinary for them so they've they've kind of thrown me off a little bit too uh, what else in the nfl are you looking at this weekend chelsea yeah looking at the bucks uh at home and i will take them on the money line or if you want to lay the two and a half i'm cool with that too playing the falcons we know the falcons need to run the football in order to be successful. Tampa Bay is especially good against the run, and they've been really good in the red zone. Uh, one of the top red zone defenses uh, in the NFL right now. In fact, they're the number one uh, defense, allowing opponents to score touchdowns on only 23% of the, their trips. Meanwhile, Atlanta has been bad at covering or uh, converting their red zone trips, only scoring on 55% of those trips. So bottom line, the run defense for Tampa Bay is really good. Also, Atlanta, for some reason, markedly better at home. So they're playing this one on the road. I will, again, hold my nose and back Baker Mayfield and the Bucks at home here. All right, and anything on the college slate we need to know about before we let you T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission ago man the game that i really like but it makes me nervous because everybody is on it uh the ohio state and penn state game everyone and their mom is taking penn state every single person we've had on the show taking penn state plus four and a half because it does feel like the year if there's any year for penn state to compete with ohio state this is it talent wise i think penn state might have the more talented squad uh have one of the best offensive tackles in the entire landscape of college football, they've got a great quarterback in Drew Aller and one of the best running back rooms in all of college football. So uh, Ohio State has been a bit underwhelming this year. Uh, I think McCord is actually the less talented of these two quarterbacks. So I think that Penn State can keep it close. But again, this may be a public dog this week because I have seen so many people on Penn State getting four and a half. All right. Chelsea Messenger, our betting insider. We appreciate it, Chelsea. Good luck with all the bets this weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was the host of the Daily Tip and Odyssey Sports betting insider, Chelsea Messenger. Insider calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Uh, yeah, Tommy, I don't. I, I've been messing with these teasers, um, and they're 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 interesting. They're fun. Yeah. But they can be frustrating, too, if you're way off. So, like, a couple of weeks ago, I did one, and it hit. And I was like, oh, well, this is easy. And then I tried one last week, and no. No, I was, I was, I was way wrong. I'll tell you, while she was talking, I actually made a bet on the exact teaser that she mentioned because I love I like that. It. I think that's, that's great. So, uh, hopefully, that pays off this weekend. Yeah, it's, it, it is all fun. I, I'm, here's, here's what I'm looking at, and, and, you know, just real quickly. And I wanted to – like, the unders have just – destroyed it this year which is agonizing i hate it i hate betting unders it's nauseating all these things and so i'm like well let me go look at the three highest totals take the under and tease them up and see what happens so like if i did that it would be chargers chiefs dolphins eagles packers broncos move them up six points right but then take the under and it's plus 160 if you do that so like 25 bucks wins 65 bucks. I might try that just in like, like as a scientific experiment this week. Uh, <laughs> See how well that works. Because I hate it. I hate that all these unders keep hitting. Like I love betting overs and it's just been, it's been a really hard year to do that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll mess with that. It's, it's, uh, 
it's usually worth waiting a couple of days to do your NFL bets. Be- not not just because of injuries, but because that's when like all the little bonuses and all that stuff come into play there. Uh, and you can usually get some better odds boosts and stuff like that on uh, on all the different sites. All right, let's take a quick break. Catch our breath a little bit and come back with our number two. Here, let's, let's start talking about Chiefs Chargers a little bit. We haven't gotten into that game at all yet. We mentioned McCole Hardman. What about Frank Clark coming back? Lots of stuff to get into with the Chiefs. We'll do that in the next hour and much more at Sports Daily on KFH. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.